You are listening to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast, Episode 18. Today's topic, Leadership is Universal Yet Unique. Welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast at SensiblePM.com, where you get an insider's edge on practical project management. Now, here is your host, Mark Phillips. Welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast. My name is Mark Philippi, and I am the Sensible Project Manager. Today we're going to talk about leadership. A little while ago, I got my brothers together, two of them are brothers together, Bryce and Darren, and we had a uh, hangout on the PM Hangout, which is part of the Sensible Project Manager Hangout community on Google+. I've brought to you several times recordings from that. And if you want to learn, learn a little bit more about that hangout and uh, that community, I encourage you to go join us. Come to Google Plus and look up the Sensible Project Manager Hangout community and enjoy the discussions there. Now, in this hangout, I decided I uh, wanted to, to have a, a discussion about leadership. And so we do that, but notice a couple of things. My brothers are in different industries than I am. They're not project managers, but they're leaders in their own right in their uh, industries and in the uh, careers that they have chosen. But I want you to notice a couple of things. Each of us have different approaches and different styles. But look for those things that are the differences. Look also for the similarities between them, because I think you'll see a little bit of both. I noticed as I went back and listened to the, the discussion again, some of the things I pulled out was, first of all, leadership is influenced by an, a couple of different things. One of them is our own personalities as leaders. Also, who you are leading might influence how you need to lead, the environments that we're in, as well as maybe the industries we're in. So look for those kind of things. I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Once again, this is a fairly long discussion between my brothers and I, so let's get to it. And now, today's feature. Hi, welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Hangout. This is Hangout number 38, and today's going to be a special Hangout. We've uh, I've got, well, I guess i got my special brothers with me. <laughs> I, we, I decided to put together a Hangout where my brothers would join me. They are in leadership uh, responsibilities as well. And so I thought that it would be a great topic. They are in a different industry than, than project management, but leadership is leadership. And so I thought it would be a great idea to get, get together. They're kind of fun to be around. So at least I think so. So it should be an interesting thing. Hopefully no family things will be drug up during the discussion, but, but, but who knows what happens. Uh, I will mention, so I've got two of my brothers. Brent, my, one of the brothers was not able to, to join us. He had a, uh, he had to attend a funeral today and that was the last minute thing of, you know, you can't schedule those. So, so Brent, maybe we'll get you on another time. All right. Well, with that, let's, let's, let me introduce my family. At least, uh, my two brothers are with me. Bryce, let's go start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe even secrets that I don't know. And uh, and then tell us a little bit about what you do in your profession. Okay. Well, I'm I'm the big brother, so I'm the oldest of the family, and so Mark and Darren and Brett have always looked to me for great leadership, and so uh, right, 
That's always <laughs> that's always a great way to start. No, it's uh, <laughs> it, the leadership uh, style that I use has been mostly um, uh, aggression uh, as, as I was a young person, but now that I'm an older person, I have taken a little bit different leadership style. But uh, I am a uh, general sales manager at a company called Sinclair Broadcasting. We, are, we own 160 television stations in the United States. And, uh, I am, I am the general sales manager of our only radio properties in Seattle. So, uh, we have three radio stations here, uh, a, a, an all news station, a pop station, and a talk station. So, um, it's in the broadcasting industry and, uh, I've been, I've been, uh, doing this for 30 years of my career. Uh, my entire career has been in broadcasting with a brief stint in ad- advertising agency. I, how I became a leader, I think, uh, Mark, you wanted me to, Summarize on that. Do you want me to, to go through that now, or do you want me to wait until uh, Darren does his introduction? Yeah, I think we'll get back to that a little bit. But I do want to okay. mention. So I just want to mention that that Bryce, uh, that Bryce, you're yours involved in radio stations, not TV stations, or are they both? I can't remember. Well, we we own 160 television stations and three radio stations. I'm responsible just for the radio stations. Uh, however, I work very closely with our TV station. We have an ABC and a Univision affiliate in Seattle. And so as a consequence, I work very closely with the TV side as well. So my skills can span both television and radio. Well, however, your skills for video today seem to be lacking because we were not able to get you on the video here on Google Hangouts. But that's okay. That's right. You can, you can just put my picture up there. I'm a, I'm a great, great still shot. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a still in there. I'll, I'll crop it in later on. Right. <laughs> So it's everybody, just so you know, the reason why we don't see Bryce, we we uh, had to get him in uh, through the phone lines instead. We couldn't get for some reason his his uh, iPad wasn't working with with Google Hangouts, but that's a different story. Anyway, thanks, Bryce. Darren, let's go You're to welcome. you. So I'm the youngest and best looking of all the brothers. Wouldn't you agree? Well, we'll we'll hold comments to later. <laughs> I'm probably, me and Brett are close to a tie of uh, probably the least mature of the, of the family. But uh, my, my role in the team leader and CEO of Keller Williams, the marketplace here in Henderson or Vegas, I run a real estate office of about uh, 140 agents. Um, I have a staff of four or five, and uh, we have a, Keller Williams runs a thing, uh, it's called an ALC, where the associates volunteer to be part of leadership, and they're the top producers. So, I'm relatively new to the leadership in the, the business world. I, I've, we, our whole family's always been in sports and we've kind of naturally been leaders in, in athletics, but, uh, I too have been doing sales my, my whole life, but relatively new to the, the leadership in the professional world. Great. So yeah, you, you came up through the ranks through, uh, leadership, uh, but on the sales side, as well as I think Bryce did as well. Um, yeah. So, but, but in completely different industries. Yeah. And in fact, in fact, right when I took this position, my first phone call was to Bryce asking him for advice on what to do and, and how do I really do that? So he, he said it like he was screwing around, but he really is a leader of our family along with my, our dad, of course. Yes, of course. Well, okay. And, and I, I, uh, I think it might make sense for me to, to say something. I, I've been in front of, you listeners for quite a while, but I'm not sure I've covered enough about what I've done. 
I have been a project manager. I started out in the engineering side of things. I've been a project manager for 16 years or so. And as part of that, I also have uh, been a director of project management at a company. I currently am, am a project manager by choice. I've, I've chosen to uh, spend more time towards the, the leading of the teams and uh, in a contracting type of fashion. That's just fitting my, my style these days. So I've, I've held a number of different responsibilities as well. But leadership has always been an, an interesting thing for me, and especially the, the leadership styles. So we're going to dig into that a little bit. Okay, so Bryce, you were talking about, uh, you were starting to talk about your leadership style. Let's go around the, the Robin and, and talk about your leadership style and how do you think that, how do you feel that that is effective in the way that you do your business today and how, uh, maybe even how you think that that's important for the specific type of work that you do? Sure. As I mentioned earlier, growing up with my brothers, I was the oldest, so I could always dominate by sheer size and aggression. <laughs> However, as my brothers became bigger than me, uh, it didn't work very well. And I learned through my career that that particular management style was not very effective in an organization, particularly a large organization. The last uh, 25 years of my career has been a very large organization. So I manage a, a team of uh, 25 people, and they are all type A people. They're all uh, sellers. And so uh, from a management perspective and from a leadership perspective, the style that I use is very participative, meaning I get my team involved in the key decisions, not necessarily the strategic decisions the company makes, but the key decisions made within the the job function that, that we have, which is sales. So they know full well what our goals are. They know full well what our pacing is to those goals. Every goal that we have is a financial goal, and the objective is always a financial objective. So from that perspective, I'm very transparent and provide lots of feedback and information to my team. From an individual style, everybody is handled individually. So I, I, I don't treat every individual the same. And, and many leaders would, many, many people would say, well, that's a mistake. But I, I believe that if you treat everybody the same, you miss out on the unique aspects of their strengths and or weaknesses and, and can't coach to those. So I, I maintain a very strong interpersonal style with my, uh, my team and that plays well to their strengths. And if there are weaknesses, then we address those weaknesses individually, not in an open meeting. They're all done individually. So from that perspective, we're very objective oriented. We, we, I, I lead towards the objectives, which is what we're trying to achieve at that time. And we, uh, we, we work towards those objectives in a very transparent way. Everybody knows what their goals are. Everybody knows what their pace is and everybody knows what their expectations are. And it's a question of managing to, to those expectations and leading to those expectations. And more importantly, making sure that everybody knows full well where we're going within the organization individually and as a team. You mentioned that you are working with mostly type A people. Does that specifically alter the way or influence the way that you lead, do you think? Absolutely. These people are not rocket scientists. These people are extremely skilled at interpersonal communication, negotiation, and salesmanship. However, they're not MIT graduates. So all of my kids are people are college graduates, of course, but they, uh, they chose sales because this is their skill. 
So when I say we're not managing to type A people, they have high emotion, they have high passion, they sometimes aren't as thoughtful in their processes as, a, as a, a, an engineer would be. However, my job is to make sure that they can see the complete picture and be able to put the pieces together. My job is to make sure that I can make sure the pieces fit. So if they have a weakness that needs blowing up, let's say it's in a, in a presentation style or in a negotiation style, I'll become more involved to assist them in the process and or I'll te- team them with another person who will work with them on the process. Uh, I do manage other teams as well outside of, of sales because I ha- have integration into uh, other teams, namely my engineering team, my IT team, and my uh, programming team. And those people all are have different skill sets as well. So I manage differently with an IT director than I would my, my program director for uh, programming on a radio station. Two very different people with two different uh, abilities. And uh, my IT director is very cut and dried. He tells me information that I need to know about you know, the, the, uh, the infrastructure that we need process to work through. Those are pretty black and white decisions as opposed to the decisions that are made by a programming department, which has to do with which record we play, or which news story we cover, and how long we stay on a news story. Those are, those are more questions of style and or gut. Yeah, I think that this is going to be interesting. I hadn't even thought about that going into this, this discussion. But clearly, the, the types of people that the three of us manage are, are very different types of people. You're definitely in the sales types of people. I have more tendency to be in the engineering or computer programming type of individual, less type A people. And so my, my leadership style might be a little bit different. And then Darren, let's, let's turn to you. You are leading uh, real estate professionals. So let's talk about that and your leadership style and how you think that those individuals or the, the type of people that you're working with changes your leadership style. Yeah, um, I, uh, I'm very much a uh, real estate and specifically Keller Williams, a company that I work with. We use a, a thing called a disc. Tony Robbins goes off of it too. And there's different personalities and you have to coach and, and help people and lead people understanding their, their strengths and what the challenges are and things like that. So I'm, I'm considered a high, I, I'm, I'm a people person with a, a trailing D, which is task oriented. I have no, very little or no S or C, which is the analytical side of things. I just kind of like find a direction and start going. So my leadership uh, style is very much a, uh, uh, very highly motivated and by example type thing. Uh, my my situation's quite a bit different than Bryce's because his people that he's leading are employees. Where mine, I only have a staff of about five. They're the employees, but I've got another 140 agents that are independent contractors. So uh, to lead a group of people that either some of them are doing it part time, some of them are doing it as a hobby, some of them want to do it and they're having a, a challenge succeed and some of them are doing it at a high level. It's you, you have to lead all of them in a, in a way where it's like, Hey, you guys don't have to be here. Let's make it a great environment. So it's very much raising the level and the excitement and the desire and the belief. And so we spend a lot of time with mindset and spend a lot of time with time management and, and, and certain key aspects of, of the business. And so, um, that's kind of how I, I do my leadership because more of my leadership is really done more with 
the 140 rather than the five, but it, because it's in, and since it's a different skill, the, the, the leadership of those five people, I'm still learning quite a bit, learning more of kind of what Bryce is doing. Okay. So two things I wanted to talk about. We, you and I, several hangouts ago, we had a little bit of leader, leadership discussion. We yeah. talked about the disc scale or, or, or what is it? It's assessment. Is that right? It's a disc assessment. So yes, correct. All right. So maybe I'll, I'll include the link in that because that I thought was pretty interesting. And I, I did before, but if anybody wants to go back and look, look at that, I think it was hangout number two that Darren and I talked about that topic before. Uh, well, and then just to let you know, Mark, um, and I promise it's not a, a shameless plug, but um, I did actually have a real estate. I have a podcast too, and I had a real estate coach that specifically covered the whole disc into a very deep level. And so um, you could also find find a 45 minute, minute interview just on disc and uh, being able to understand different personality pro- profiles. Perfect. I, and I did, of course, I listened to that podcast. So Darren, you're going to send me the link on that one so that I yeah, can include that because that would be great because that was a great, that was a very interesting interview that you had on that one. Yeah. Because like, for instance, for instance, uh, people, and I don't want to go off onto a tangent or a tangent or whatever, but people like Bryce who are a high P, they're very task oriented where a, a high C they're analytical and they want to see all the numbers. And so you have to uh, lead them in a different way. Yeah, and the other thing I want to talk about is, so you mentioned that you're, the people that you're, the 140 people that you're, that you're leading from that way, that, that group, really, they are, if they work, they get paid because then they're selling, selling houses. If they right. don't, if they slack off, they're not getting any money because it's all right. salary. I mean, it's all so, based on the commission. Right. And so what, we, what I have to do is, Find out what their big why is. Find out what, why do they wake up in the morning? What, what is it that, that drives them and try and try to paint that picture and then give them a clearer plan or a roadmap to get there because they're the ones who have to get it, get there. There is no account, accountability unless they're using coaching or unless they're meeting uh, with me or whatever. And so it's, it, it's a completely different ball game with that. And so, you know, there's challenges and, and all of that. Well, but your your leadership is really centered around the motivation of keeping them going and, and yeah. giving them tools. I'm assuming as well to so that they can do their job in selling. But it, it, the the biggest part of it is as you, as you said was mindset and motivation. Mindset, motivation, and having a clear idea of what needs to accomplish to find that success. Oh, okay. So and that 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 goes along with the tools. That are necessary to meet to meet that success. Yeah, interesting. Okay, and then my from my point of view, I I am uh, again I work with a lot of engineers, a lot of computer programmers, uh, and and so because I'm doing uh, the the projects that I lead are mostly centered around software development and or initi- initiation or installation of, of different in- applications. And the type of people that I'm working with do have a different mindset. And, uh, but I, again, I have a, I have a fairly large mix of people and especially that I have to communicate with. I do find that in my role, I, I spend, I, I guess I consider my leadership style a servant leadership. Uh, most of the time, the guys that I'm, 
the people I'm working with, they're very bright. They know what needs to be done from their technical point of view, but sometimes it's just the guidance, painting the picture of what it is that we're trying to accomplish, setting those that mindset of this is what we have to deliver in this particular project, and this is what it's going to take to deliver it. So helping them with the motivation or at least the vision, if if the team can understand the vision that's in front of them, the thing that they're delivering, get their, um, oh, I guess their the motivation or the, the feeling that what they're going to be delivering is something of value to the company or the organization, then they really kick it into gear and get and they get the work done. But lots of times it requires me as a leader to be able to to remove roadblocks and to help motivate them when they when they do come up with challenges and help work with them as they need to solve issues as as they they come across those issues. So that leadership style that I've really developed and I find the most effective in my kind of work, that type of uh, servant leadership, which is very effective from my personality as well. Uh, and, and again, I think that it's interesting how it's developing, how we're talking about the different kinds of styles really might, I think that there's two components to it. One of them is your personality and your ability to lead from the type of personality you have as well as the the type of people that you're leading. So that both of those things influence how you are as a leader. Thoughts on that, either one of you guys? Bryce, you you, uh, you have any comments yeah. about maybe how your how well, your personality turns into uh, influences your your leadership style? Yeah, the, um, because I don't supervise technical people for the most part. You know, rarely do we have discussions about technical items. Uh, it's really a discussion about objectives that they're going to uh, accomplish. Uh, they're going to target to accomplish the task at hand. So when you say you're servant-based leadership, I, I think that's a, a fantastic uh, leadership model in terms of how I approach it. I try to make sure that my people know that I am always available as a resource for them. However, I do expect them to do their work, to do their work, and then in, in, incorporate me if they feel like they have got uh, if there is an impasse or they need additional resources or whatever. Because my people are all 100% commission-based as well. Uh, they don't get paid unless they earn, unless they work. So as a result, they are highly motivated people. They they don't wait for things to happen. They make things happen. My job is is a lot of times is to make sure that chaos doesn't ensue and that people just go about doing their own thing without any regard for the the, the strategy of the company. So when I when I my leadership style is, is more of a, of a matter of empowerment mm-hmm. of the people and then allowing them to make based upon strategies that are that I'm directing through the company or from the company's perspective. So but I I, I let I it's, it's very participative management. I get I roll up my sleeves, I get my hands dirty, I'll go make calls with them on clients, I will negotiate deals with them and for them. And uh I I spend as much time doing that as I do uh any other activity in the in the organization uh, which are also inventory management and and uh and process management. Great. Darren, any other thoughts? Otherwise, we're going to move on to something else. Yeah, real quick, I was, I, I was thinking a lot about what Bryce was saying, and I, there was a thing that I, 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 because I'm newer, or younger in the, in the, I guess, leadership role that I have. There's this thing at, at Keller Williams. We have a thing called bold 
it's a coaching course where we go once a week and they teach us it's a lot about mindset, a lot about skills and things like that. And one of the things that I kind of had a big aha was I, you guys know me. I'm a pretty laid back guy. I kind of screw around and things just never face me or bother me or whatever. And I realized that I can't be, I can't reach the success that I want to by being that guy that is so laid back and it doesn't matter. I, I, for me to be able to find the success that I want, I have to change the habits that I have. I have to change the mindset I have because things do matter. And like, for instance, you know, Bryce was using some really good examples of there's certain expectations and they need to do it. And, and for me, I realize early in my leadership in this position that I ha I can't be the laid back, it's no big deal guy. I have to adjust to be that leader that, that people expect and also, uh, you know, just be that example for them. So that was a big, that was kind of a big aha moment for me about a year and a half ago. Great point. I think that as we um, grow into our leadership responsibilities, we do need to think about ourselves and how we need to change the the approach we might have for regardless of of what the what groups of people we're doing we're we're leading we definitely need to consider our own selves and how we can improve ourselves to become a better leader and yeah well and ahead. i think i think the deal is this too is i think a lot of us say that's just the way i am and i think you just got to get over that you can't you can't lean on a crutch and saying, that's the way I am, that's the way I made, I'm made, so you're just going to have to take me this way. If you want to be a better person and be a better leader, you have to adjust and you have to make change the things that maybe aren't as favorable part of who you are. You know, I, I, I think that's a weak excuse personally. That's a, that's a great point, Darren, because I think it is important for us to understand that you know, there are some people that are better leaders than others. Some leadership comes naturally. Many of us, however, it, regardless even if it does come naturally, we still have to really develop the characteristics that it takes to have and make a good leader. In fact, let's, let's turn to that. Let's talk a little bit about what characteristics that we have or we should have as leaders that makes us more effective as leaders. Bryce, you have any thoughts about that? What kind of characteristics do you think are important for a leader? Uh, I think you have to be completely and totally transparent in your object in your discussions with people. When I say transparent, I mean share exactly what the company's objectives are and what your individual objectives as a leader are, and let them know that you are available to them. The other thing is honesty, complete honesty in what goes on, whether it's good or bad feedback. Feedback has to be given regularly and consistently, not just at performance review time. So feedback is, is uh, honest feedback is also very important. In, in my business, I have to, I provide feedback on a daily basis because I just think, frankly, performance reviews are worthless unless you have, have ongoing conversations about the work that it's at hand rather than just at a moment in time. Yeah, some of the other things I think are super important in, in being a great leader is a is having a vision and being able to clearly illuminate and drive your people towards that vision. Without vision, I think people wander and and will do their you know leave things to their own devices. When when left to their own devices, people will uh, not 
I think not accomplish the, the desired outcome. So you have to set the vision, set the tone, set the work pace. And then I think lastly is making sure that the, the team knows that you are willing to roll up your sleeves and do whatever it takes to get the job done. Don't ask your people to do something you're unwilling to do as a leader. Uh, you have to show that you're willing to lead by example as opposed to just tell them, telling the team what to do. Well, Bryce, I, I agree with every one of those. The one that hits the the home the, the most, I think, is that last one. I'm firm believer that we should never ask our team to do something that we wouldn't do ourselves. In my industry, lots of times when we're going to do, when we're getting done with a software release and it's time to roll that out, often that has to happen when the users of the software is not available. And we need to do that like at midnight. And so we'll roll software out at midnight. And even though I don't necessarily have to be there for the activities, I usually am there to let them know that, hey, I'm there. I'm not going to ask you to get up in the middle of the night or work till 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever it is if I'm not willing to do that myself. And so I think right. if, if you do that, then I think that they, the team members or those that are there you're leading, they learn to respect you more. Right, absolutely. I have a good example of that. This last uh, couple of months in our organization, we've gone through a considerable amount of change because we're acquired by a, a new company, and so processes changed. And so many of my my team has been being asked to do things that they hadn't done in a long time, and uh, one of them is prospecting. And so because many of them were reluctant to pro- uh, prospect in the way I'd asked them to, I said, that's fine. We'll sit down and we're going to do it together. And so we would sit down and we have a very specific man, means of processing where I use target lists from, from, uh, competitors as well as, uh, I use Google and LinkedIn as, as, as my part of my process. And I, I lock myself in a room with an account executive and we alternate contacts with key decision makers within organizations. And I'll make the call or I'll make the attempt, the contact via Google or, or whatever. Then the account executive will do it and we alternate back and forth. And over that period of time, it, it becomes a, a confidence builder for the account executive knowing that I'm willing to do it and I can do it. I don't just tell them what to do, but I can do the, the thing I'm asking them to do. And it, it instills confidence in them and, and a willingness to work as hard as, as I'm asking them to. Perfect example. Darren, thoughts on this? Yeah, so as uh, I was kind of thinking, uh, I was taking some notes, and just to let you know, I think uh, our, our organization, I spend I have once a month with a meeting of my uh, ALC, Associate Leadership Council, and we read books of, about leadership, and so I'm constantly working with kind of teaching or, or trying to lead my leaders. And so a couple of books that I think we, we bring up, and I brought this up last time we might have spoke, is 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. And that one talks about different parts of leader, I guess. Um, and the other one that we're reading actually right now, it's called, and this is probably really good for many of your listeners, it's, it's called The 360 Leader. And it's all about talking about how to be a leader in middle management. So if you're not the boss or CEO, how are you able to be a leader in the middle of an organization? And so, um, and that's, that's actually really good too, because it's from, it, it, it brings it more clear about you're a leader, even though you're not titled a leader. Well, I, that, that one, that one rings home with me because I think that 
you can be an absolutely great leader, even though you don't have a specific title after your name. Right, right. So anyway, I, I think the key for being a leader and, and a great leader, just like what Bryce said, is make sure that you're painting a, a, a vision and make a very clear vision of where you're trying to get get the group. Understand how your your followers or your group thinks, and if some of their thinking is not accurate or is destructive, teach them how to think properly. Be learning based as as a leader. You, I think it's important to make sure you you're always willing to take action and and lead by example. Be really good at problem solving. And one of the things that that was a challenge for me is being able to handle confrontation. If there's an issue, uh, because my personality style, and you're also like this, Mark, um, you have the same trait too, is you want to be everybody's friend and you want to make people feel good. And sometimes when you are a leader, avoiding confrontation is a really bad thing and, and to be able to handle that. Bryce is, I, I think, really good at handling con- confrontation. And then as a leader, the last thing you need is, is a, an environment that is not positive. And so if there's any gossip, is there anything that's pulling people away from your vision to make sure that you cut that off right away? So Darren, you, one of the things you mentioned there is the um, handling conflict that in, yeah. in going back to the discussion we had, or you, you mentioned before <laughs> learning to become a leader. Uh, you're right. I'm more like you on a, a more complacent type of a personality. It, but in in the times that I've been a leader, I've be I've learned to be able to address conflict well. And the and that's something I've had to learn. And I had a I had a guy that I used to work with. And it's he has a great saying, and I've adopted that. And that is, you know, whenever you have a conflict, sometimes you just need to get all the liars in the same room and work it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome one. Yes, my my challenge, and that is probably my biggest challenge right now, is being able because I haven't exercised that muscle very much <laughs> because my whole life I don't have problems with other people. I'm very hey, dude, it's it's cool, it's it's good. We're all on the same time, same same page. But but guess what? People have problems, and and if you don't address them, it's really bad. Right. And if you let those if you let those issues fester. Uh, it will be bad. So I'm I'm all for, and I've learned to do this well. It, as soon as there is some kind of a conflict arise, get them in the room. Let's work it out. I don't get, care if we get boxing gloves on. I don't care. Just whatever it takes to get it worked out, get it past them, and then move on. And get the work done. So let's let's turn a little bit towards the motivation. How do, how do we specifically motivate those that we lead? I know that this answer might be different because of the different personalities that we have. But Bryce, let's go to you. I think you've touched on that a little bit, but what, what specific tactics do you use to motivate your people? Uh, it, it's all about the, the objective, with which every individual on my team has a specific set of objectives that they are targeting. And um, I, 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 re, I help them set those goals as to what their objectives are. And then we break down the objective into strategic and tactical uh, uh, opportunities. So it's very objective driven. And so I remind them of their objectives and help guide them using the tactics that they have chosen to move them through the process. So I, I'm, I'm their assistant when it comes to, to that process. Now I, I, because they 
are motivated by money for the most part, and they're all commission salespeople, that's plenty of motivation already for them. If I have an underperformer, however, who uh, is not who complains about not making enough money, it's really easy in my job. I just simply say, how much do you want to make, and what do you need to change to make that happen? Because it's it's all about their effort. So I cannot motivate them about, about money. What I have to do is motivate them to their objective and make sure that their objectives, that they are working actively and efficiently on their objectives. As long as I keep them in front of them and in, in front of their, their eyesight at all times, then they know what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, if they get lazy or if they get complacent or spend too much time on the golf course, the clients, I remind them, is, is this going to achieve your objective? If it's not, spend a little less time on the golf course and a little bit more time in front of other clients. Great. Yeah, that's that's interesting. <clears throat> your your what motivates your teams is completely different from what motivates my teams. Um, to, yeah, in, to, in sales, in sales, it's about money, and I don't know anything about your business, but I think it would be a very difficult job to, to motivate them to write the right amount of code or to you know spend enough time debugging software. That that would be a tough thing for me. Yeah, it's interesting with with my group. The motivation is, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. If they understand, if they can believe in the thing that they're building, then yeah. they're they're all over it. They they are they to- totally turn their geek on because they say, "Hey, I can I can create something that can make a lot of lot of benefit for the company," and then they just dig into it. If, yeah. if they don't see that vision, going to your point, if they can't see and understand that vision, then yeah, it is like pulling them through mud trying to get right. them to work. So. Great, great, Darren. How about you? What do you what do you use to motivate your folks? So uh, it's very similar to, to to Bryce's, but I guess a little bit different. My I try to find because obviously money. All my most of my people are are all hundred percent commission. Also, I need to find out what they would do with that money. What is their big why? Why do they wake up in the morning? Why do they get rejected every day? Why do they deal with the crap that they have to deal with on a daily basis? Because if we find out what it is or the reason why they do that, then and let them discover it for themselves, then when it comes down to uh, having that accountability, really bringing up those those feelings of what happens if you don't accomplish this, what happens if you don't take care of your family or whatever, what if you don't close this deal or get this stuff done, how is that going to interact or how is that going to affect your life, and and let them go through that process. It, for, for people, in fact, I was just in a training yesterday, and they have a, uh, a process. Let's see if I can pull it up real quick. Helping people move from the positive present to the, you, you bring them to a negative present, which means talking to them about what is, what, if they don't accomplish this, what are some of the pains that happen? And then negative future, where is that going to bring you? And then it's a positive future, as in if you're able to accomplish this and, and, when in this area, what is that going to do for you? And so one of the big things that I've learned and I've, I feel like I'm really good at is asking a lot of good questions, not just top-level questions, but second and third and fourth, really dig in deep and find out really what makes that person tick. And then once you find out what makes that person tick, if they're not getting to where they want to go, bring them through that current pain, future pain, positive future. And then that's all through asking questions and things like that. And so I think if you know what makes that person tick, then uh, you can get them wherever you want them to go. So understanding their personalities, understanding 
who, what makes them or motivates them and altering their, your guidance to their motivation point. And that's how you use them. That, that's a it, great, great point. And, and the key is this, is it's not, hey, you need to do this. It's asking them questions to lead them to discover it themselves. Because if you lead them to discover it themselves, there's so much more motivation in doing that. But if you tell them to do it, they're not going to do it. So it's, it's, it's leading them in a discussion of self-discovery. Self-discovery. Great. I love, I like that. Because then now, then they are motivated because they, they, they are, they've put their whole thought process into that and they've, they've discovered what they think is, is going to make it there. And you just let them that way. Right. Perfect. Okay. I wanted to move on. I, before we started this hangout, actually several weeks ago, I put a question out to the Sensible Project Manager Hangout community, asking them if they have any specific, I told them about the topic that we're going to be talking about, if they had any specific questions. And there was uh, several good questions that came out. Let's, let's address those if we could. And it'll be interesting to see how each one of us have uh, the take that we have on it. First question is, a leader must have at least one follower or they're not leading anyone. Company structures create leaders and followers by decree. How does a decreed leader make the transition to having followers that choose to be led? And this is really centered around the idea of, you know, by title, we can be a leader, but that's different from being able to lead people that really want to be led. They believe in you as a leader. What do we do? to get people to want to be led by us. So, Bryce, thoughts on that first? Well, I, I have team members who are the informal leaders of our group. While I might be the formal leader, I look to my informal leaders to uh, adjust uh, expectations. So if I'm having certain problems with, uh, with members of the team, I'll bring in my informal leaders and ask their opinion. That empowers them to provide solutions, and then they can work through their peers in an informal process to bring leadership to accomplish the task that we're trying to bring. It's it's true, companies are designated leaders by decree, but unless you are effective as a leader, you're simply a manager, and managers are not effective leaders. You have to be, you have to be first and foremost a leader before you're uh, uh, any kind of manager. So I just having a title does not make you a leader. Being a leader means you have to be willing to do all the things we've talked about in this, in this podcast, having all of the things putting together. And that comes from experience, that comes from time, that comes from peer group interaction. Sometimes you just have to go through the, the body blows of, of making decisions and having the group follow. And if they don't follow, then working through that. Because that, that's really where the, the metal of the, the leader is tested. Great. Thank you. I, one of the things you mentioned there is empowering other people to step up as informal leaders, but giving that empowerment, I, I agree. That's a, if, if somebody believes that they have the ability to make their own destiny or set their own destiny, they are more empowered to, to meet their goals. Uh, and those people will be the future leaders of my organization because they're the people who, as they have informal power, they will be given formal power through promotions and other things. And other people recognize that and they will follow them as well. Right. Next question is, and, and uh, 
Let's see. I, I spent much of my engineering career believing that politics was a waste of time. That good work and results are more important. Therefore, I much spend much, much of my career in the background and with little voice in the important topics. And uh, what does politics mean to you, and how does it affect your work? And should politics be such a strong influence? So that's, that's a, I, I try to, I personally try to stay away from the political end of leadership. I believe if you're a, an effective leader, you don't really have to do much in the way of politics. However, you do need to understand the organization. You need to be able to understand the people that make decisions. And when I think about politics, I almost think about uh, dishonesty and going back to Bryce's Bryce, your, your point earlier, uh, the beginning, honesty is one of the, the key characteristics. I think if you're honest, you stay away from the what some people might think of as politics, and you're really just building respect and uh, that people know in what you're doing, and that keeps you away from the politics. Bryce, thoughts on that one? Well, it depends on what kind of impact you want to have on your organization. Some people may not want to get involved in politics. They will have a fairly limited impact on the organization, particularly as a leader, unless they get involved in the what I call the political makeup of the organization. If you don't manage up, meaning if you don't manage to your boss's expectations or to the company's expectations, you're going to get lost in the crowd. Now, that may be fine for many people. Many people might say, I don't want to grow in the organization. That is their choice. However, my attitude is always to manage up in the organization, let my boss always know what I'm doing. If there are perceived political issues, make sure that I become involved in, in what those issues are too, so that I can shape and form the opinion rather than the opinion be shaped and formed by somebody else who I consider to be uninformed or un, unskilled at, at the objective. So it really comes down to what is the, what is your personal objective, objective as a leader within the organization? You have to make that decision yourself. And I've been in organizations where I had said, I'm not going to stay with this organization. And I, I didn't get as involved in the political side as I, as I am now because I believe in my organization. And as a result, I want to have effect on the very top decisions made within the organization. Great. Good point. Yeah. I, I think that, I guess it's the connotation of politics that rub people wrong the wrong way. Well, and, and unfortunately, politics are a part of life because we're dealing with human beings. So I don't like the connotations of politics, but I do like to have the effect of positively affecting my organization as opposed to just letting it be affected by other external forces. Completely agree. So if, if you don't understand how to manage that part of things, then, as you mentioned, man, uh, managing up, then you will not be able to influence the correct decisions going up quite often, and or things might be dictated down to you that you might not agree. So if you set expectations, managing up, that is an important factor there. I mean, I had a very good example of uh, I've been managing up for a while in my organization on a particular decision that was made that I was considered to be bad for the organization. The decision was made regardless of how I felt about that, and over a period of a few years, it became obvious that it was a bad decision. And now my political cachet has risen the organization because I told them what would happen, it did happen, and now I have the, the, the opportunity to show them how to 
fix it. And it's the same fix I gave them three years ago. It's just that now they're more willing to listen. Perfect. Darren, thoughts on politics? Yeah, I do. Um, I think personally, so I'm going to, I might hurt this guy's feeling or girl's feeling who asked this question. I, I think that, that if you're not willing to, I, I see someone who wants to lead is someone who wants to make things better and make a difference. And to, to me, the people that I've ran into that feel this way, they're not for making things better, but they're against it. And, and I'm not really sure how much he's not, that person doesn't want to be a leader because a leader doesn't act that way. And, and so to me, my guess is when Bryce went through that thing and he said, Hey, this is probably not something that we should do. I guarantee knowing Bryce, he didn't constantly talk about it to all the people saying that's a stupid decision. He, he made his voice known and he probably let things fall, fall into place. But as, as a leader, you're not politics. You're going to get into it and, and you're not going to be chirping about it. If you're, if you're part of the organization and you have a passion to making it better, you want to lead and uh, you're not going to be, I guess, chirping in the background and, and what is it going against the grain or whatever. So to me, the person who asked that question probably, and this is just where I go, that that's not a leadership question because that person really isn't on board. It's not a leadership question. That's not a leadership mindset myself. Well, that's interesting because one of the things that I think is uh, to tie into that, I think a leader has to be a, a good follower as well because we all, regardless, even if you're the CEO, you have a board that you have to, and your customers you have to uh, account for. So one of the things, and it's, you're right, you as a leader need to be able to understand how to follow. And if if I take a decision to a manager that I have, I usually want to make sure that if I agree or I should be able to communicate my position on it, I would expect that that, that, that leader or my boss would listen to my opinion. But there's also some, some things that they know that I might not know because of other things that they're aware of. And once I've communicated my information to them, made it very clear of my position, whether it's agreeing, uh, I'm agreeing with my boss or not, once the decision is made, I will usually shut up and say, okay, fine, I, I, I will trust you, I will follow you based on that. And then basically, you know, in the case of where, where Bryce was, and, and if that happens, if, it, if that leader made the wrong decision, it'll come back, it'll, it'll work out, so... Uh, great point. Yeah, and and just to, just to let you know too, I think uh, Bryce is exactly right. If you want to be a leader, you have to play the game. I think that's smart. If you don't want to be a leader, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. It's not something that you want. So it's just a matter of what do you want. Great. It's kind of like me. If I want to get skinny, I have to work out and eat right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it takes work. You you have to do you that. have to play the game. That's life, like he said. Yeah, good point. Okay, guys, thank you guys so much. I we're I know that I, you guys both have things you need to get going and doing. Any last thoughts? We didn't get to all the questions, but we had. I think it was a great discussion. I really appreciate both of you spending your time to come and talk. I think it was interesting to see the perspectives of leadership from different industries and different positions. And frankly, it was pretty fun hanging out with my brothers. Thanks, Mark. 
So, hey, any last thoughts or maybe even if you have a, a recommendation, I'd love to be able to one final thing. If you can have a recommendation for a new leader, somebody that's getting, becoming a leader, what would that recommendation be? Bryce, you have one? Yeah. Listen a lot. Before you make any decision, listen carefully. Many people just don't listen and uh, try to in- engage their concepts and ideas and before they really even listen and you lose a lot of credibility with your with your team if you just if you don't listen. So listening is important. Uh, one other thing I, I should have made a point on earlier, and I don't know if the most important, but it's critically important. That is, you measure everything as a leader. You have to measure everything. You have in your business, Mark. You probably have metrics. I have metrics. You measure everything and make sure everybody knows what the score is. Without metrics, you just don't know where you're going. So everything you do that is critically important has to be measured, and the leader has to be able to share those measurements with the team so that they know where they stand and winning and what it's going to take to win. Great. Thanks, Bryce. Darren, last four yeah, recommendations? That's actually what Bryce told me when I asked him a couple of years ago, what, what should I do? And he said, uh, listen a lot and don't make any crazy changes. Kind of Observe and, and from that also I've, I've learned asking a lot of questions and really learning because what that does is it builds relationships and it lets the people that you're leading know that you care about what you're trying to do. And again, I think it's important for you to be learning based. If you're a new leader, you've never done it before. Maybe your, your muscles aren't that strong. So talk to other people, read other books. Those, those two books that I was talking about. I think that 21 Irrefutable Laws is like a must. It was extremely valuable for me and, and really helpful and, and easy read, too, because I'm, I'm not a genius. So um, that's, that's what I would say is it, call Bryce up and ask him questions and listen to your, your uh, hangouts and podcasts. How's that? Well, very good. So actually, one of the things, first of all, I'll make sure I include those books in, in the list uh, on my website as well. But one of, uh, you, Darren, you gave a great recommendation. You mentioned you'd called Bryce and asked for his recommendation. That's a great suggestion for a new leader. Get a hold of a leader that you, that you respect and you like their style and ask them to be your mentor and then they will help give you some guidance. And that, that's, I guess that would be my parting guidance as well is find a mentor and follow that. And, and then you'll, you'll learn and become a better, better leader as you go. So once again, guys, thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Darren, for joining. It's been fun. And uh, everybody have a great day. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Mark. All right, bye. Thank you again, Bryce and Darren, for joining me in this discussion about leadership. Now, I hope you recognize the differences in the leadership styles, but also we're able to pick up on the different leadership styles and how they can be unique depending on the discipline that we're in, the environment, and especially the types of individuals we lead. I hope you can use those things to apply and it made you think about your own industry and your own leadership style and how you can apply that to make you a better leader. Now, you can find the show notes at sensiblepm.com slash 18. I would appreciate it if you would share your thoughts in the comments at the show notes. Tell me one thing specifically. How do you think leadership is the same or different depending on your unique industry? 
and how that might influence you in the way you lead. Now, if you want to contact me, you can get a hold of me by sending me an email at podcast at sensiblepm.com. Now, remember, a sensible project manager always looks for a practical way to lead a project to success. You've been listening to the Sensible Project Manager, Mark Philippi, on the Sensible Project Manager podcast. To learn more about practical project management, visit us at sensiblepm.com.